Man said, don't give me no free money. <laughs> what you going to do with free money, bro? Come on, man. You what would you what do? This. I'm going I'm I'm to I'm multiply it. You know what I'm saying? There you go. I'm going to multiply man. it. AMC? Yeah. Yeah. Possible. Doge? Possible. Look. I'm going to sprinkle it across the board a little, a little bit. A little doge. A shibu. <laughs> you know? A little shibu. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. A little cum rocket. Cum rocket. Yeah, everybody's that, that's panicking. That's a stock, everybody. That's a stock. Right a little now. milf, you know? Shoot. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here. Episode 90s. It's been Jeez. a long time. Shouldn't have left you. Time, right? We were uh, still devastated from the breakup from the JBP. Yeah, we, yeah. we needed another we, week. We, yeah. we Guys, ain't we, happening. <laughs> just I'm not sure. mentally here. I'm yeah. not. You know, we'll, we'll get into that later. But that did like that did hit me. I'm, I'm sure it hit you guys too. Yeah, listen. because you're invested. You 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 connect with them. But Bro. it's an emotional roller coaster. It was. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll get well, going yeah, yeah. on that later. Uh, we'll We're gonna kick off with happy vibes because Absolutely, I am man. a wed man. First episode as a married man. Man, this man is. has flowers. Yeah, I'm here. Married to the game and in the streets and out there. <laughs> People have been asking us, so you got to hang up your um, escort shoes or what? And Sam's like, I said, I agree to for richer or for poor. And we ain't doing poor. Yeah. For so richer or richer. for richer. So I get this so, money. Hey, fainting, the price went up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to Sam. She, she, she was uh, very uh, enthusiastic during the vows. Yeah. Specifically on certain words. Yeah, she was. Oh, yeah. To make she it was, clear, she was Sam. She was Sam. <laughs> yeah. I didn't expect anything less. Yeah. No. Yeah, and then she was also trying to keep herself from just crawling. Yeah. Yeah. So right. it was just like giving me certain looks, just to like you know distract mm-hmm. herself right. from how she really felt. We but, saw we saw Joe get a little teary eyed there for a yeah, second. Yeah. You know, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> as so, I walked up, and as I and I saw everybody, and everyone looked so happy, and like I'm a sucker for that when I see everyone extremely happy like it gets me teary-eyed or if i see people extremely sad it fucks me up so when i look back and saw the groomsmen coming up and then i thought oh sam might be behind that wall Mm -hmm. it got me Mm. like it hit me for whatever Mm. reason it just hit me because i'm like i mean not for whatever reason but you know it hit me and then when she got there i was like collected yeah it's good the tears were like put part to it to a halt and yeah, but my guys look good. Mm-hmm. Mickey looks sharp. Um, shoot, the fellas. It, it was an overall great event. Um, I want to jump to what people saw on Instagram. Um, was Redfoo performing. Shout out to him. Um, going into the wedding. I actually, I, I invited him and I wasn't going to follow up because he didn't respond to the invitation. Mm-hmm. Something he's got other shit yeah. going on, you know. So then my cousin, like a couple months after inviting my cousin CEO's food coming, I was like, you know what? Let me double check. So I hit him up. Yo, did you get the invite? And then he was like, oh, shit, yeah, I'll be there. You know, sent a gift. And so so he was there. And I wasn't going to bug him to perform or do anything. It was just like, yo, just happy you're here. But, you know, whatever happens, happens. I didn't want him to do a song. Yeah. Because I'm thinking he's just here to chill. So then he was on his way out his... I don't know what they are right now. Girlfriend or working things out. Um, it's comes wedding in. date. Yeah, it's wedding date. date. It's pretty it's like wedding that. date. No, the funny thing is he had another date. It was like not not. It was like a friend, and I and I granted him the plus one just because it's like I want you to feel comfortable here. Yeah. Um, because he didn't really know anybody outside of like saying Her. hi and bye to you and Phenom yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know a couple DJs. Sack Noel, obviously he knew Sack. But so I go to say, as I haven't talked to this dude all day, let me talk to him. 
So we're catching up. He's telling me about Dogecoin and, and all that crypto stuff. And then um, shout out to DJ Unique in Paris. Unique play Party Rock Anthem. So, of course, everyone looks at him. And, you know, we and we get to it. We take it to the dance floor. And this is like middle of the night, um, at least from, from when Unique started. And it's just like a six-minute medley of all the hits. And uh, bonus points to Unique because right after Party Rock Anthem, he played Juicy Wiggle, which is off Foo's only solo album. And that, like, for those that don't know, when, when you have artists in the building, like, sure, you're going to play their hits. But when you know what songs they particularly love and that they hold close, even though they're not a fan favorite, that's a great way to connect with the artist and to get more out of him. Because, you know, Juicy Wiggle did did great overseas, but it didn't do anything in America. So, or nothing great in America. But Foo loved that song. So when he played Juicy Wiggle, I knew Foo would be surprised and happy to do that. And then it was just sexy. I know it's Shots and all. So Shots was the last song. And I see Foo waving to the DJ. And we're like six minutes in, but it's like... It's like a power workout, you know, like everyone's nonstop just dancing. And and I wasn't I wasn't in shape for all that. And I know Fu hasn't performed <laughs> Fu hasn't performed in 15 like, months. Bro, I'm dead. So he looked like he was dying. His voice was getting raspy. And he's waving to Unique. And I'm thinking, and before he even waved, I told you Unique, like, yo, last song. Like there's nothing else that these people just know. before or after shots. This is right when he started shots. Mm, okay. I was like, yo, thank you, but last song, like this dude's gonna die out here. Yeah. And I'm th- and I see him waving, I'm thinking, okay, cool. He wants to get Unique's attention to tell him last song. Mm-hmm. So then we perform or we performed. Oh. He put, no, well, we did. <laughs> no, you did. <laughs> no, you did. Shots was performed and um and you know, that was it. Uh fast forward to the conversation with Fu the next day. Um, I said, yo, I, I told Unique to to stop because you look like you're dying out there. And he's like, no, I was trying to get his attention to kill the volume on everybody. Uh, and I was like, oh, shit. So I, I was like, that's everybody. I, knows I read that, that all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, no, that performance was just like, it was like the best way to just put a nice little ribbon on the whole evening. party rock yeah. on the evening. And just like the beginning of party rock to the end. Because most of the people were there, not all, but most of the people uh, from Party Rock were there. And it was just like one last, you know, Fur got out there. He remembered all the steps. Mm-hmm. Ryan yeah. May from from Quest Crew remembered all the steps. They all got out there and did the thing. It was my first time shuffling, first and last time. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, man, I saw you guys had your, your phones out recording the situation. Um, yeah, and and the funny thing about where to seat Fu was like, all right, put him around people that are like him. So I put him at the DJ City table. Sure. And Quickie comes over and talks to me, and he's just like, yeah, we're talking to Fu, and he's being, you know, he's very nice and generous, but he's not really engaging in any conversation. So we're trying to figure out what to talk about. about yeah. And then someone mentioned investing. And we couldn't get him to stop. Oh, shit, I was shit, like, shut the fuck up. Like, that's it. Yeah. Like, you just got to know what these artists are really into. Yeah. Like, if you talk about, if you ever spot Fool on the streets, tennis and investing, that's it. And, and um, developing apps, coding. 
that's all you need. He, you'll have him for the next hour. Mm. But um, yeah, best night of my life. Um, I've I've experienced some incredible things, and that was just to have everyone under one roof for forty eight hours. You know, some people came and went. Um, the families got along. Everyone looked great. If you're getting married, um, side note, invite people to dress to the theme of the of the color scheme with you and your bride and your groomsmen and bridesmaids. Um, you know, don't demand it, but invite people to do that because when you look at the big picture of everybody sitting down, it looks great. The pictures, some of the pictures I've seen look great. There's some people like in their own little world. I was going to say, is there anybody you had a, you know. (laughs) Yeah, well, Sam, Sam, one of her friends came in a red dress, which I guess is a, is like off limits, red and white. White, yeah. Because it attracts so much attention Attention. to you, right? She didn't appreciate that. And this, and apparently this girl has been, has been married, so she should know better. Um, I got to shoot my, I, I got to, but I don't. My cousins came. One of them came straight from school and she looked like she came from an arts and craft type of class. And I'm thinking like, I get it. You're literally coming from school, but you could have had like a dress on, you know, throw, throw a dress on in the could back. Have, you knew you was coming here afterwards, so you could have prepared a little bit better. Yeah, like hey. you just quick stop to the to the restroom down the hall, throw on a sundress or something. She even had her name card wrapped around her neck, like for whatever she was doing at school, like, hi, my name. Damn, I missed this? <laughs> so Shit. I was like... We were so caught up in our fly-looking <laughs> section. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I felt bad, but there could have been some way around it. But, some but preparation. She was there. That was great. Um, did you guys notice anything else? Uh, DJ City guys look fly. Yeah. Edwin yeah, looked yeah, fly. Yeah, great. Yeah. Styles looked like an EDM producer from Europe. <laughs> He's stupid. He really <laughs> but he looked good though. He I did. like yeah, I was yeah, digging yeah, the yeah, shape. Yeah. I get yeah, quick. the guys that the guys that came like kind of more on the casual side still pulled it off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Escape was yeah. more casual, but casual, it yeah. wasn't I don't think it was out of pocket. He didn't stand out, like you said, like Shorty in the red dress or anything like yeah. that. Um but yeah, like you said, I think everybody looked really good, and it was a great moment, man. I said, everyone asked me, "How was the wedding?" I said, "Bro, I ain't never seen Joe this happy in my life." Yo, you I couldn't like, get me off the dance floor. Yo, I was, like, I ain't never I was seen on the Joe dance floor more than Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you and were. I t- and I told Sam I felt like I was entertaining, like because, and and that brings us to unique and Paris. Shout out to them. And you, you know, as DJs, man, we can't help no matter how much we we try and distance ourselves from listening to what the DJ is doing, especially when it's the best happiest night of your life you can't help but listen to what the dj is doing like yeah, the strategy 100%. and the formula and what they're doing so again i felt like i was out there to entertain people and keep people dancing because i know it's hard especially in a wedding after the to get people on the floor and then after the first 15 minutes to keep people on the floor and then the rest of the night it's hard to you know just at least the best you can do is create keep the vibe good yeah so you know, he so what he was doing was incredible. Um, the way he started out, um, he had the sing-alongs at the right time. And even when people were burned out, the vibe was still right. He played the Latin pop joints, the Carol G's. Um, I saw him try Poison by Belle Biv DeVoe. And instead of going into like another Bobby Brown song or something, I was like, cool, let's go this way. He went somewhere else and it worked. Um, big props to the song he played after shots the the end of the biggest part of the night 
where people just like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go sit or I'm going to go home. Yeah. He followed that up with Prince. Mm-hmm. And I, and in my head in that moment, I'm dead tired, but I recognized, I was like, what a great choice. Even Fu the next day was like, yo, that's dope how the DJ followed it up with Prince because what do you follow up after a that. performance? Yeah. Typically DJs bomb after a performance. And I've seen it a number of times with Fu where the next DJ doesn't know what to play. So flowers to him and he still wasn't even in his biggest bag mm-hmm. because within the last 10 15 minutes i'm off to the side and i'm just watching everything just really trying to soak up whatever's left and i tried doing that throughout the whole day just soak up as much as you can be in every moment and i got my little cup of water and i'm watching everybody he gets into his latin joints the merengue joints mm-hmm. and just sealed it up nicely because all the girls are out there dancing in their booze and I'm just like, damn, there's still energy even after the last song. So shout out to to him and Paris. Paris did an exceptional job on the mic. And speaking of Mike, Mickey did a good job with his uh, speech. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man. I, it's, it's not an easy place to be. Obviously, you know me um, probably better than anybody. But even when you know everything, it's like to how say to, that in front of. How to summarize that, number one, like, yeah. like 20 two years or whatever that that I said and or we've been through and uh all the different moments all the different situations like man I had to cut out so much shit yeah <laughs> that's the yeah. crazy thing to me because I felt like your shit wasn't scripted at everyone's at everyone's speeches at everyone's speech I felt like yours was the least scripted and oh no everybody just else pulled came. out something yeah well I mean not even that <laughs> I, it wasn't even the fact that they pulled out a piece of paper right, or their right, phone right, or right. anything like that because I think you had your phone in your hand, if I'm not mistaken, right? I, I so what just I here and there. What I did is I, I just had like uh, like bullet talking points, points. Yeah. yeah, like bullet points, and then from there it was just kind of like, all right, like this means a certain story to me, or this means a certain moment to me. Some of that stuff came came on the spot, but like, yeah, overall it was just like bullet points. And I remember asking Joe, like, I was like, hey, how much time do I got on the clock? <laughs> right, right. Hey, 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 wrap that shit up, B. <laughs> I was kidding, right? I was like, <laughs> wrap that shit up, B. Yeah, but I thought, yeah, I thought, I thought your speech, in my personal opinion, your speech was the best one out of everybody's. Um, it's not a competition. It's not, it's not a competition. Because Joe's brother's speech was amazing. Yeah. And Tim did an amazing job, Yeah, because he told you know I mean? a few like, stories that he, no one knew Exactly. About. The beat-up uh, story was great. That was hilarious. Washing the dryer. Oh, putting, yeah. telling, telling me to hide in the dryer. Exactly. And turning the dryer. And I think that was dope because <laughs> I think our experiences with Joe is him always playing the big brother role. In our and, circle. And, yeah, yeah, in our right. circle. So yeah. seeing him yeah. be the vulnerable one and be yeah. the younger yeah, brother yeah, was yeah. fucking hilarious. And I'm like, oh, yeah. man. So... I thought, yeah, I thought Tim's. I think Valerie's speech was amazing. You know, her that was about so him. hard for her to do because she, she was she like shies away from that. Yeah, moment. I, bro, she was writing it when, the night before when we when when Jenna and I got to the house to yeah. the mansion. She was in the front writing her shit. So when we walked in, we saw her, and she was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "You look a little nervous." She's like, "Man, I'm writing this speech right now," and I was like, "You go handle that." <laughs> yeah, like, I'll go to the which card. I'm not gonna lie, I was like a little nervous uh, on Sam's reaction only because. When I opened it up, we're like, "You're gonna get your moment," but this, yeah, is, this, this is, is me. Like, look, this is me and Joe. Shut she's up. like, "One last time, I'm being put to the side. That's yeah. it. That's That's it. it. One, one last time." After <laughs> like, this, he's mine, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no. Was, um, and to good. seal up the night, it was dope to roast marshmallows by the fire with you guys, your your women. 
Our oh. close friends. Yeah, my girl loves the apparently oh, that was her, are a thing. That was her second night in a row, just killing oh, the smoke. Just smashing. <laughs> Destroying. She was getting mad at me. Like, you're not supposed to burn them. I was like, I like mine's burnt. No, burn. But yeah. I was like, I like we gotta have burnt. that conversation like, yeah, at some yeah, point. Do you, do you burn like, the marshmallow? I was like, babe, you're not supposed to burn them all the way through. And I was yes. like, nah. Crunch. Burnt. That's what I said. Yeah, I my, like, yeah, burn my girl makes them black. Yeah. Oh, did she? No, yeah. Oh, okay. It was your it girl was that was in your ear. Listen, I was faded Don't that night. My girl. I was faded that night. Yeah, it was my girl. <laughs> no, yeah. It was definitely yeah. my wife. And my <laughs> girl just like you burnt, like you had burnt ones. Yeah. And I was like, damn. And then my girl goes in there, burns it even crazier. Crazy, and I was exactly. Like, and you're just like, yeah. That's how you do it. And I was like, that's right. You're right. You're right. I was like, that's how you're supposed to do it. And we then, were yeah, all drunk. Yeah, my wife was like, no, you're not supposed to have them burnt like that. And I'm like, mm, that's you see, that's how I know you white. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, and, and speaking of drunk, Mickey brought this three hundred dollar bottle of tequila. Yeah, I remember that shit. My brother was like, "Yo, where's that bottle?" And he, Sam's family, not not your tequila, but but my brother brought my my cousin brought a bottle of tequila, not nowhere near as expensive. Sam's family figured out where he hid it, or he told them, told and that bottle was damn near done by the end of the first That's night. Crazy. So I told Mickey, you got to hide your shit because they're going to come down here looking for alcohol. Yeah, because your brother came back to me like two other times. Oh, where's the key? Yo, where's the bottle? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah, had the key. Yeah. <laughs> and then I forgot who else was it. Who uh, Mike, he was like, yo, like, what is that? He texted me the next day. He goes, what's the name of that? And I'm just like, yeah, it's this. And he's like, oh, okay. He's like, I don't know, you know, try to bring something special for the nah, that the, was the toast. Nah, yeah, that it was, was that was smooth. really good. That Did was you guys enjoy tequila. the chicken and waffles? Yo, yes, fire, right? By I told far you. the best thing at the. I was gonna say, no disrespect to the main course, yeah, but but the chicken and waffles. I said, hey, yo, my I'm man, I kept looking for come him. Back. I said, come <laughs> back with a whole tray because the the first time we tasted them, it was only like maybe like three on the on the on the plate, and there was it was me, wifey, Abner. It was a bunch of us at the thing. So, I, you know, we let the ladies have them or whatever. And wifey gave me a piece of hers. I said, hey, yo, my man, when you get a fresh tray, you come straight here. So he, sure enough, he came. It was a young dude. It was the young one. He came and we fucking cleaned that shit. Yeah. And I was like, yo, by far. You did good on that one. That yeah. One. You did good on we, that one. We we killed a couple of those. We were doing our pictures downstairs and I was ready to knock out after that. <laughs> yeah, we had to pop a Celsius open. And, uh, That's funny. Yeah, but overall, I mean, just I couldn't ask for a better night. Everything went according to plan. It was perfect, man. And just seeing everybody there was just the best part. Um, so yeah, um, moving on from that. Um, well, let me let me sneak in here a real quick story uh, that after the wedding. Okay. So we jump into the sprinter. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh man! And uh, I, you know, I got a situation for uh, it was uh, me and my girl Rel, Jenna, uh, Andy, Andy and, Melissa. and Melissa. Yeah, was it us? Just a six. It right? was just us. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, DJ okay. and Rocky had bounced already. DJ and Rocky went separately. Yeah, right? I don't, I don't know why, but like, so we had it all set up, and so they're like. Um, I guess DJ and Rocky were hungry, so they wanted to stop by like a drive-thru. And then we're like, oh, yeah, that sounds great, right? Keep on. So it's me and Andy really kind of leading the way on this whole like shenanigans Trying to go to figure find it fast out. food. Bro, it like was supposed to be an A to B situation with the Sprinter. And like <laughs> it was a gift and a curse that the driver is like one of my like, like he helped me build Mag Park. Yeah. Like literally like fucking um, Neil? Neil, uh, Neil's assistant. Okay. Mm. So... Um, um, so we're just like, he's like, 
yeah, if you want anything, let's go. Like he, he's like trying to stay away from his kids and wife yeah. longer. Like so, he's just like, I got you. Do whatever you want. Where do you want to go? Do you want to go to L.A.? Fuck, we'll go to L.A. <laughs> do whatever you want. And so, because uh, I've taken him to Vegas and he parties, so he's just driving us around. And then we go to like one drive-through, close. Uh, next drive-through, yeah. close. Keep in mind, every Google Map says this place is open. <laughs> but we went to like f- we went to five places, and the one place that was open was right next to the hotel. <laughs> oh my god. And the funniest part on the was, back end of the hotel. Uh, it was like a Carl's Junior off to uh, at a plaza. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was actually right across from where we had breakfast a couple times. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Right off. Uh, yeah, right by the freeway, a little further up. Uh, we went to a place called Eggs and Things. But, okay. Yeah, yeah. But now Carl's was the one that was open, and I was just dying. And then like DJ like called in his order, and it was like, obviously the funny part about all this is like. We're a little inebriated, like we had a couple drinks throughout the night, and so like trying to figure all this out and like get everybody situated was an adventure and a <laughs> half. Hilarious. And we got a picture of you with your pants down, playing in the sprinter the whole time, like dancing. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that shit was hilarious, bro. I was like, yo, what yo, the fuck? In, in that moment, I. Because I, I realized, oh, shit, this is a time in sex I know when we drop our pants. And I, I don't do the dance because I'm DJing. So, I, like, I typically keep my pants this on. This is my moment. But, I'm, but in that moment, it all happened so fast. I'm thinking, shit, do I have the right draws on for this? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, well, why would you be wearing anything less than your best draws on your way? Right. Like, oh, just drop them halfway. Okay. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a halfway committed to this. halfway. <laughs> And um, even folks kept he's like doing the song, he's singing, but he's pointing at my, you know, my my <laughs> hips, like, yo, you better drop them things. You know what time it is. Fool oh, somehow is just ready for that moment at any given time. Any I think he time. had a smiley face on his drop. He did. He that's that's the old 2012 tour underwear. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Let me tell Who you. Who <laughs> will make something last forever? He's like Man. one of those guys who's like a millionaire but makes his money. But knows how to make something last. For underwear very is that time. department. Underwear, <laughs> put underwear Man. in there. He said, "Oh my god, it was a, it was a good night. What, what a great fun. night! Yeah. It was great." Yeah. Um. So, uh, moving on. Shortly after, a few days after that, I had my first gig back in uh, 15 months, and I was out in um, Whiskey Gardens in Fort Worth, and um, that was it was an interesting venue because they got a, a pool right in the middle of it. So people aren't really dancing because no one wants to get bumped into the pool. Mm-hmm. But there was still a vibe close to the bar and at the tables. So that was an interesting experience because I wasn't sure what the hell these people are listening to now. And and I actually say my strategy was give them the familiar stuff off the bat, even if it's old, just give them, you know, give them good energy. And then you can fill out playing best friend and all body, Meg and all that. Later on, and, and it actually worked out. I played some of the newer stuff later on, and it was a good night. And I thought, um, and it's always fun to talk to the local DJs in any city because you get to learn the politics and what <clears throat> clubs fuck with who, you know, what clubs don't jive with each other. Um, and it was interesting talking to some of these DJs. Um, shout out to Aiden Brasher. Um, shout out to D. Roz. Um and Joe Vega, who had breakfast with with us the morning after, and it's just, and I don't mean to sound like I'm in a bubble because to some degree LA is the same, but it's just interesting that these guys are getting paid 
that they're they're happy with being paid three hundred or so and just stacking their gigs for a day. Do from forty eight, eight to twelve, and you know, you got six hundred for the day. And the the fifteen hundred dollar DJ that travels, at least in Fort Worth, like you're you got one, maybe two options to do your two hour set for fifteen hundred plus travel. I mean, not even plus travel, some cases travel. Um, but definitely a hotel room. And it feels like that's where the landscape is going for some of these areas where there's a ton of bars. Like Fort Worth, there is no shortage of bars. Some bars are closing because they thought they can come in and just, you know, you know, create a boom. Not the case. Some bars are opening up. But I thought it was really interesting that this is a this is like the mold for a lot of downtown situations where and we're not interested in bringing in the 1500 guy. We're good with what we have. We can make it happen. We can make it work. In some cases where you have a city full of talented DJs that can work, but in others, it's not the case. And I'm not going to throw any cities under the bus, but I definitely had those conversations with bookers and DJs where it's just like, yeah, no one wants to spend the money to bring in the talented guy who really knows what they're doing. And then they wonder why some of their venues close early or the music music just ain't right. You, when you went out to Fort Worth, was there any? Did you get that? Like, did, are you? Did you connect with anything I just said in regards to the shift in the landscape and just how Fort Worth is kind of different? Um, I mean, when I went out there, it was what still like it was the day after Christmas, and um, I don't know. It felt like everybody's just happy to be working. I think everybody's situation okay. is different, so different, you know? So, yeah. So I think that's that's a different time. You know, now it's getting to the point where, like, things are opening back up in, in respects to what you're saying. Like, I think in L.A., I think rates are up for DJs because there's a shortage of DJs. Interesting. Like, there's a shortage of – well, there's a shortage of good DJs. Good DJs. Because I had a conversation with a really um, – you know, fr- close friend of mine that operates a venue, um, at least when it comes to booking DJs. And he was talking to me and like, let's just say, you know, I would hook him up and do uh, do his spot for like 500 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. And to do two hours. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it's it's in California. I It's near my, where my brother lives. So it's like kind of worth like, taking a trip out there so i could go see him and then get paid you know and then he was on the phone and basically like they asked about me like maybe coming back and then he's like oh mickey's retired (laughs) and then he goes wait are you retired and then i said man unless the number is like looking right like i don't think i at the moment respectfully like i have a lot of stuff going on like i don't think it makes sense because you know, when I'm out, you you naturally want to have a good time. You want to socialize. You, know, yeah. I I end up having a couple of drinks. Like it ends up costing me a little bit of the next morning. You know, and obviously I can be a little more disciplined about it, but it's kind of what my vibe is. And so then he said, "I'll give you a thousand, which is like, all right, like you already res- like I respect that because you just doubled what you used to pay." Yeah, and I'm like, my only reaction was. Damn, y'all paying that? <laughs> like, 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 I've been paying niggas the whole time. Y'all got that? And then, and then, um, and I still said, but no, like I wouldn't. Like, mm-hmm. and he goes, what? 
And then I was like, yeah. He's like, so what's the number? And I didn't tell him a number, but I was just like, it to me, it was just a, <laughs> an eye opener to like where things are like, where they're at at the moment. Yeah. But I think that's because you're still dealing with a lot of people who like, not sure about being out. Yeah. You know, like quality DJs are not easy to find. We know that. Yeah. But yeah, Fort Worth is a, I don't know, man. That the venue that uh, shout out to Chingon, man. They're like, they are killing it right now. Mm-hmm. Like they they have a line all the time. And they, they just open up a. Back they have room. a second venue, mm-hmm. yeah, which is like I saw it at its like rawest form, and they were using it as more of like a uh, like an event space. Like mm-hmm. they had, I think they have a comedian there, mm-hmm. and they'll have like a band. Oh, it's got that staged back there, so they've yeah. they've had it very raw to that level and then when the time was right they upgraded all the like seating and the bar and they had enough staff because that's the other thing right like when you're opening a new venue in a new city like you're trusting in a couple people to get you some of the right people but you can't just find 30 great employees yeah that Mm -hmm. doesn't just work like that part of the problems with my industry is like you got to find a good uh employee like there's a there's a fine line between like good and like sneaky, you know, like, <laughs> and so I think that's part of you know why you got to expand at your own pace. Um, but yeah, they got El Chingona now, which is the counterpart to El Chingon. Yeah, and um, and I just see them killing it. I think Kev also just ha- he has a now they have a pool party out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, canvas. Yeah, and so like, and the vibe there is like, again, when it comes to like the rate, like I'm. Like they're they're with it. Like they're they know yeah. the bigger picture, right? But yeah, no, I can see. I've I mean that's the it's a lifelong DJ conversation, right? Like, do you uphold your brand and do the one gig that pays, you know, as if you played two and a half gigs, or do you take three gigs, get paid more, but then your brand kind of takes a little yeah. shot, you know? Like it's a it's a great problem to have yeah because you'll see guys that look like they took like why would you do that to your brand and then they're doing i don't know something like tau the next week and you're like oh shit i guess it worked for you you you, and and i think that just comes down to relationships it's like is my relationship is my manager's relationship strong enough with these other venues to where i can go and do this um venue that's more like a b-list and maybe even a C list, and still be able to get that A list the following week or so. Well, see, I would say like that. That's really like right now. I think more than ever is kind of like almost. And I, again, I haven't played out in LA at least. It's like I don't know what the reaction is, but like I feel like things have changed. I would assume in the favor of the DJ because like if I see Dre Sinatra playing "Blow the Whistle" at Penthouse, like. That's a song that you're like, ah, like I don't think I'd get a reaction from that crowd, from them, <clears throat> you know. But like everybody's been cooped up, they'll fucking react to anything. Yeah, it feels like, and I mean, Rose been out, he's been DJing, and um, so he could probably probably say more about it. But you know, I, I, Dre's I think also a perfect example. Of like you know, a Sam's Hofbrau gig might have not looked. Good like example. a great gig. It's a, it's a strip club for those that don't know in yeah. downtown LA. It's a small strip club. They don't even really show titties. But <laughs> just, just so you guys get it. Yeah. But they have good food. Mm-hmm. But it's like a staple like kind of brand in the city. 
But like you're not, you don't have, you don't have a DJ booth. Like you're playing in the controller oh, in the corner, yeah. or like sometimes right next to the strippers, <laughs> and like it's not a glamorous gig. But you know that doesn't change the fact that Dre's playing every premier spot in the country yeah. and having residencies with Tal Group. Like that doesn't change his brand. Like either way, he's getting his money up. Yeah. Well, now let me ask this: Do you take? Do you not take those gigs and continue to build up the brand to where you can get it like Dre or you can do Avenue one day and then Sam's two days later? Or do, do, do you play that game or do you take the Sam's gig, you know, get, 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 or take gigs like that and in hopes to continue to build um, and get to that Avenue type of uh, booking? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, like what, I, what what would be what would you suggest to be the best route? To each his own. Like, I got an avenue avenue residency. Actually, shout out to I mean, R.I.P. Avenue. By the way, they're not coming back. They're not. I just got worried in oh, L.A. Shit. Yeah, they're done. So what? Are they, what's that? Damn. Gonna be? I don't know. It's gonna be. But Damn. I did find that out recently. I'm surprised because Highlight Room is still successful. I mean, granted, they're a restaurant, but still, yeah. I assume that they're part of the same. Yeah, I know. I don't know. It was weird. I found yeah. out. I had a call with Tal. Just took over the Hakka song, so that's interesting. I wonder if that had anything yeah. to do with it. Yeah. Maybe putting their focus in the. But um, damn, R.I.P. Shit. Yeah, but um, you know, I had a different. I would assume I had a different route than a Dre or uh, obviously like any of the scam guys. I'm trying to think who else got in there. Well, you're you're um a bit of a unique story because you you have you're skilled. And you have the leverage with buyers, which 99% of DJs don't. Yeah. I mean, I got in there with the brand, right? Like, with yeah. my brand. Sorry. I And not, yeah, and, not and, Mickey War, like Mag Park. Right. And I think, I mean, I could tell the story because it's funny to me because, and shout out to Deb. Like, she's who really, like, believed in me. What's she doing she, now? She's now at, um, what's dude's name? Um, huge Hollywood promoter with the B, Bolt. The Bolt House. Well, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know exactly. <clears throat> She's oh, uh, they've been around forever. Yeah, yeah. So she, I believe she had started with him back in Hollywood. Now she's she left Tao Group to help him run his stuff, mm-hmm. and he, I think he he actually owns all the uh, bungalows, mm-hmm. um, Newport or mm-hmm. whatever OC, and then they have one in Santa Monica. So right. that's where she's at. But uh, shout out to Deb. She she really like believed in me. And the whole situation mm-hmm. um, gave me a shot, like, and you know, and honestly, like the only the main reason I even went for like number one, I liked Avenue as a whole. Like, I liked it. Felt like, oh, this is like a premier spot in LA, but it doesn't feel like you gotta. There's like too many blocks in the way of getting there, right? And so, just being there, networking, and then finding the right opportunity with like a Mag Park anniversary party, like. A lot of brands pay a lot of money to get their logo put on a on a screen or like, you know, put on um a flyer or to give away stuff. They pay for those that placement to yeah. these venues. So I just looked at it as a way like, well, look, I have some people who are down to come celebrate um our anniversary. I think it was a four year anniversary. I put together a whole deck where we put together like some merch to give away to give away way we'd have a photographer videographer to hold i put a whole like presentation for it and then i'd like to dj it and they kind of like hesitated 
and it was a it was a sell and then we we were able to you know push it through i didn't get paid anything glamorous like it was like whatever my norm whatever a normal night rate would be and um the only thing i got extra was that i was able to house a private dinner for like 16 people comped mm. you know at, at tau and then um and then we did the the event and then through that event deb loved my set and then built a relationship with them and they kept bringing me back and shout out to ian yeah shout out to ian ian really uh set that up um he and i were on the phone yesterday actually he was, was kind of on the same level of like so what are we doing yeah and yeah. i'm just like i ain't doing shit <laughs> well i am like this is what i'm doing and you know if if we're gonna do anything it's gonna be right you know yeah so um but i think it just you know it depends because here's my my one gripe with like my dj career and you guys can chime in on, on how it is i think joe's a little better about this than i ever was but um djs have the most amount of free time with the most amount of fake busy time so like because our normal working hours would be call it 10 to 2 right with travel or fourth meals expanding into three four or five in the morning yeah but Outside of that, like a lot of DJs don't really start their day or get going to like what two, three o'clock. Mm-hmm. Like, if that, like, I remember when I was at Infusion, like, I, I wanted to do Jack, like, you know, like, as far as like collecting a salary there, I just had to book everybody. Yeah. yeah. And like, I would get, I would be comfortable <clears throat> instead of like operating and doing something else on a day off, on, yeah. on a, on a, you know, not have anything scheduled during the day. If I don't have a meeting, like I'd be chilling. Yeah. Like instead of like finding out new ways to reinvent my brand, yeah. Reinvent, go into a different. Um, you know, I, I, we t- we talk all the time. Like we all got into investing a little late. Like mm-hmm. imagine we invested into anything in 2012. Like, sure. It didn't matter what you put your money in. Yeah. You know, like and. It just it's crazy to me because I think that's still something that happens within the younger DJs. Um where you're like, Oh, I don't have a nine to five, so I don't need to work nine to five. I'm gonna work ten to two or whatever, like and they just don't do anything else. So yeah. that's a really long answer to your question about taking those gigs yeah. and for your brand. I think you if you can take a step back, zoom out and look. And decide if you making two, three, four, five hundred dollars on a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday night gig, like, does that financially benefit you or your brand more than being home and focusing on how to elevate your brand to get the thousand, two thousand dollar gig or three thousand dollar gig, whatever you want? Well, it depends yeah. if you can afford it. Right. That's the <clears throat> other part. Yeah. Right. So yeah, you got your means. You got you, you got shit to pay. So like it just it's to each their own. I think. Mm-hmm. I think um something else to look into I, that probably gets overlooked. Like so, some investing ways, um, is some people believe what's it, when you're investing, you're really investing in your trust in the CEO. Like, where does the CEO come from? What's his ambitions, and can you trust him to get? Costco to you know be better than ever or be better or or just whatever. So I think you have to look if you're going to take those Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday gigs 
or even just, I guess, any day of the week where the money's, um, the gig may not look flattering or the money may not be flattering, but it's an extra couple hundred in your pocket. I think much like investing in the CEO, what it, what are what is this owner's ambitions? Is this guy opening up a new venue? It, um, does he have restaurants? How many venues does he own? Restaurants and clubs and bars. Um, what are his ambitions? Because if he's the type of owner that's going to turn, um, like, if he's going to turn a small bar, a company that owns one small bar, into a company that owns multiple venues and that can keep money in your pocket. And becomes so cool with you that he gives you a job. He puts you on salary to where you can make money DJing and overlooking this at this venue, overlooking all the venues. I think that's something you need to factor in because if that's the case, if I'm working with that guy, yeah, I'll do that $200 on a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday and and just hope that this guy continues to keep his head on straight and flourishes. And when you, when you jump, go along with that ride you know, you're working with the right people, you get, you get, um, taken care of and you, you're, you know, you're seen as one of the guys that's being given opportunities. I, and I, I feel like, you know, we talk about what we talk about the most, um, playfully on this pod. And I think we, I always bring up big night cause they're just always the best example for a lot of things. But you take big night when Randy, when we had Randy on the pod, they had this venue, this one venue that, him and D, um, Buddy used to DJ um, Casa, and you know years later they, he owns 19 venues, and Casa is overlooking some of these things and and helping out with the bookings and yada yada. So yeah, if if he if Randy told Casa, yo, I I can give you these nights, but it's only a hundred dollars, and Casa says, you know what, I see you growing and being and creating a monster here. I'm in. I'm thinking long haul with you. As opposed to, oh, how bad would it look if I did this? And if DJs found out my rate, how bad would it look? So I think that's something else you got to consider is what's the owner up to? And is this something that can be bigger and better than what I can even imagine? Um, anything else to add to that? Just, I think it's just, it's very unique, right? Because like, yeah. how many Randys are there in the world? Like mm-hmm. how many? Yeah, it's a unique uh, example. Like For sure. It's just one of those things where it's like, um, you know, I think you know you'll notice. You got to have your head straight, and then you got to have your head straight enough to recognize that somebody has their head straight. Like, it's um, it's in there. I, I would just recommend, like, if you ever do want to go to a um, a venue with a business minded part, right? Like your your high belief in your turnout, right? Like, yeah. I don't believe I. If you put me on a flyer, I don't necessarily believe that I'm bringing you more general admission people. Like, yeah, no. I don't feel that. Like, I'm not selling tickets, but I might sell some tables. And so, you know, sometimes, again, like, I might, if I feel very confident, like, I might tell you, all right, cool. Give me give me the rate that you would pay your most affordable DJ, but then this is the percentage I want of every table sale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and that'll show them, like, you know, who are they to be like, oh, okay, well, now my risk is less, and I only have to pay you more if you're successful. If you're not successful, I don't have to pay you as much. Yeah, That's fine. But, you know, if you feel not so confident, 
Push for that motherfucker rate. <laughs> like, guarantee. Uh, Mickey's. And your ass end up in a hole like some of these DJs that be trying to pay motherfuckers to go DJ. Right. <laughs> um, Mickey's table, um, unique table situation, put that to the side. There is a reason why some of these out of town DJs get brought in. Sure, they can't, they couldn't sell any more tickets than the local guy. And he, maybe even tables. But. When you put a certain DJ on a flyer, there's that club is trying to make a statement by putting that guy on the flyer. He's letting the industry know this is how serious we're taking our club. We're willing to invest in bringing this guy out of town, knowing damn well we have a ton of talented DJs who are capable of getting the job done here. But this is how serious we're taking our um, company by putting this DJ on the flyer because we want people to know we we think highly of our situation and of our venue. I know a lot of local guys will get upset. He can't do better than me. He ain't better than me. He can't do this. I can do this. Man, this guy barely even DJs. He gets on the mic and screams. That's all he does. Okay, probably all valid points. Local DJs are typically better than headline DJs. And yeah, in some cases. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, yeah, and, and you're right. I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, let's say nine out of ten times a local guy knows his crowd better, knows everything better than the guy that they're bringing in. But there is some power in bringing that guy in. Yeah, and the local guys have to understand that. Yeah, there, and and I'm not, you know, I I hope they do. I hope like you understand. There's more to it than just skills. There's you know, there's the whole look of things. If they bring in a guy that just got done with Tao Dare, and I don't know Tao Chicago and Tao Vegas. And they bring him into your city. I I I bet you're better than him, but there's a reason why he's there and you're not, and you just have to understand why that's the reason. Um, moving on. Speaking of Boston, Boston is open. Big round of applause. Shout out to them. Jersey's open. Shout out to our double down guys. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, city. Yeah. Uh, Connecticut was open on May 19th, but they just had a big weekend of. Fucking Tiesto, Loud, Loud luxury. luxury, and... That shit look crazy. Crazy. There was someone else, but... Man, let me let me put those flowers to the side. Yeah, 50 and get, Cent. And 50 Cent. 50 yeah. Cent open off. That's what it was. <laughs> and and by the time this airs, they will have they will have had Zed, um, <laughs> Diplo, and someone else. Put that Rick PPP Ross and Rick Ross. Work. Man, <laughs> Jesus. Hey, um, but let me put all that aside for a second. I want to give flowers to Tiesto. I think it's in our blood as DJs, especially DJs from a hip with a hip hop background, to not pay any attention to Tiesto or give him his flowers. This dude is a machine. He is getting, he is opening up every club in every major city. And I'm looking at these, I don't follow him, but I'm looking at these videos of him. And I'm like, yo, look at these people with their phones. Everyone's phone is out and mm-hmm. their phone is on Tiesto like he is. Like he's God. And I get it. Like the dude manages to stay relevant with the music. He changes with the times. When I was introduced to Tieso, I think he was in the trance or mm. some shit like that. But when we got into Tieso, if you remember at Body English in Vegas, he had his own um, plaque walking into Body. It was like AM had his and Tieso had his. And the story behind that is they didn't have enough to afford to pay him. So they paid him X amount and gave him his own <laughs> plaque or silver mixer or whatever it was oh my and God. on the side. Oh, God. That's the story. I don't know how true it is. Plaque. 
But man, what what a and then CSC's got the Zook residency. Like, wow, this guy is freaking a machine. And he looks like an everyday guy, like the way he hung out with Loud Luxury. He just looks like a, a regular dude. Um, but yeah, but shout out to Boston and Jersey and those guys. Um, we're excited to get out there. Um, shout out to um Double Down. They have and Jason Weiss. He has a residency that he books for now over at the Wood, and yeah. they're kicking off uh, end of the month beat sourced playground takeover. Um, yeah, they're kicking it off with Danny West and ETX, and then it's unfortunate that Jersey only stays open for the summer because everyone goes back to Philly. Um, so that'll last only but so long. But shout out to because um, it's on guys. the shore, right? It's on the shore. Yeah. People go back to New York or yeah. Philly or wherever they come from. Wherever um, they migrated from. Wherever they, uh, you know, you know, they know from around there. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, happy to see those guys. And You're there soon, right? Yeah, I actually do. Um, I'm doing Kiss Kiss. I think it's June 17th, whatever that Thursday is. And then The Wood on that Saturday, I think the 19th. Nice. Yeah. And then um, any day now, Buddy will hit me with a grand or memoir date. Nice. They're just figuring out who they're going to open up with um I'm sure it's going to be test on wild luxury um and rick ross and yeah solid picks yeah and speaking of jersey moving on to um joe budden and the joe budden breakup um mickey has something interesting to say for those that don't know Joe Budden's podcast was streaming like a million listeners every freaking episode. It's It was always a talk of our circle. And it's like if you knew someone that was listening to Joe Budden, you connected with them. Um, and if anyone said they hated Joe Budden, you really wanted to defend, you know, the pod and, and Joe. Fair, yeah. And, you know, what came from that was Rory and Maul and in their own right, killing it even before – they left or got fired, whatever it worked out. <laughs> Rory had his Duce Palooza and was killing it. And I really still don't really know what Maul does, but everyone in the industry loves him. So I take it. The glorified middleman. That, yeah, just just that dude that that everyone loves and there's money in that. Yeah. Um, so Mickey had said something interesting in the chat. He said, I'm boycotting JBP. No, 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 no. no he said, said who, who he said, are, are we boycotting? Are we boycotting? Are we? Oh, okay. And I didn't get but a chance to respond. But you told me you were boycotting. I didn't get a chance to no. respond. Yeah, you told me in a text, you're bo- you said, I'm boycotting JBP. I mean, you and know the, what? No, no, no. In a text between y'all two, not in the so group that chat. Was, that right, was, yeah. Okay, that was right when, uh, I think it was right when I heard Rory and Maul's uh, rebuttal. Oh, rebuttal. Yeah. The clap. So it was, it was the first one was, are we Okay. And then I think I hate you. And I was like, oh, yeah, fuck Joe Budden. And then you see Joe and he's like putting his side. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't know what to think. <laughs> you, you, that's okay. Now I want to see the PL. Now you, now okay. I want to see the balance sheet. Yeah. This is what we know. They felt, so you got to take this off the table. Those two, Rory and Maul, felt they didn't think he was up to, they didn't think he was stealing from them. They made that clear. They just wanted to see the numbers. The numbers. Okay, so we we don't we have to take he's stealing from them off the table because the guys took it off the table, right? Yeah, I, I never felt. Yeah, I never felt that he was no. stealing from them either. I wouldn't take it off the table. I think it's it's off to the side of the table. Okay, because fair. they're 
the numbers have to come for you to determine sure. yes or no. Because they're percentage owner uh, partners. But, right. but right. the friendship Or employees, character, whatever, how you want to label it. the friendship character allowed them to even put it off to the side of the table, right? If you Correct. weren't friends, like, no. Nah, I, I, I need to see the number. Yeah, I need to see the numbers every whatever, whatever amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what we also gathered is that when when numbers get brought up, when accounting gets brought up, Joe freaks out and he and he just shuts down and he wants to fight. No, he doesn't want to fight, but he gets argumentative. Yep. So there's something psychological there. I don't know if he had like his money taken away as a child or he's just it may you know, maybe it's being in the industry, you don't trust people and you want to keep what you have close sure. by. But all that was the ultimate fate of breaking everything up because he would freak out every time they asked for it. Um I believe everything these guys are saying about Joe. I think this dude's fucking crazy. We've always thought that. We just felt like, oh, he's finally got some friends who like yeah. who humble his ass. Who like not only humble him, yeah, but like also like just get him and like, you know, yeah. fuck it. We're not and they're gonna you. hold him to it. Yeah. Like, yo, no, no, don't do that, Joe. And then they, you know, they'll call him out on it, yeah. right? Um, but I still think well, so what I like about Joe. So you have someone like Donald Trump who will stand by his guns of being a liar and being X, Y, and Z, which deny, is ultimately, deny, deny. yeah, deny, double, like, I don't know, a million time double down, whatever mm-hmm. that adds up to, you know, whatever that word is. And I think to some degree, Joe's like, you're right. I fucked up. I should, when they, when, when Ish said, you shouldn't have called Rory and yelled at him. He was like, you're right. I, I fucked up. So that to me keeps Joe bearable and keeps me interested in still listening to what he has to say because you put that craziness aside or you put that selfishness aside this dude is still highly entertaining he kicks knowledge i still feel value in listening to him what this what what hurts me obviously it hurts to see those guys disconnect from each other but now us as a community i don't like it was fun knowing that rel tuned in and you tuned in, and Sean tuned in, and whenever you wanted to reach for a Joe Budden joke, ta-da, yeah, we all were on the same, same page. page. Same yeah. page. Now, if I go something like ta-da, you're going to be like, nah, ah, fuck that nigga. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to be like, ah, I just haven't had time. I'm still boycotting. I don't know, whatever. Still brother. <laughs> I listened to the last episode, mm-hmm. and like that's the part where it's just like, bro. This motherfucker's toxic. Like yeah. it's like you can't you can't be like you can't say like you know he went on live and shitted on him and like Instagram live yeah he's Bro, like, nobody he, stole four hundred thousand yeah. nobody did this nobody I'm like he's like the accountant the account and he like goes crazy and then of course yeah you get to sleep on it. You know, you haven't been drinking. You're a little fresh-minded now. You get to sit on front of the camera. You got PR team. Like, now you're like, okay. Uh, yeah, I messed up. I yeah. could have done this better. Like, but see, all that, and I understand that, and that's what just, it, it, to me, I get it. It shows that Joe's human. But I'm like, are you just doing that to show face on front of the camera? Or are you actually sitting down with your boys and saying, yo, I fucked up. Yeah. My bad. Right. How can we resolve this? Right. You know what I'm saying? Even regardless of what the direction of the podcast we go, regardless if we decide we're still going to separate yep. and go our own ways and not do the podcast together, how can, as friends, 
and business partners, how can we resolve this issue? Because I did fuck up. I didn't show you any numbers, blah, 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 whatever the scenario is. So that's why I kind of took that shit with like, is he doing this shit just to kind of show face? And I get it. Like you said, we're as as consumers, we're invested into this. So we want to know what the fuck happened, right? Mm-hmm. So I get that he has to, to a certain extent, express what the fuck is going on, or at least express from his perspective what is going on just like we listened to the the maul and rory uh response to all of it to hear what their side was so it was hard for me to be like i got it and i appreciated that he did that but i was still like nah i don't trust i mean again and that's my own how many times you're gonna hurt rel yeah i I got trust (laughs) issues so i'm like "Eh, i don't trust this motherfucker like i don't i don't know it again to your point i think joe has some really good insight he does give off some great information about certain topics, et cetera, et cetera. I personally don't want to watch the podcast because I appreciated the dynamic between the three or the yeah. four of them with Paul. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that was my thing. Like I appreciated that Aurori or Maul would not just yes Joe. Right. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Him being obviously the head, the Joe Button podcast or whatever, they were just like, nah, nigga, you're wrong or you fucking yeah. up or I don't agree with that or whatever. Like I appreciated that. Um, as opposed to just having some, you know, two cats or whatever to just always agree with him and being like, yeah, I, and just adding on. I'm like, nah, you know, play devil's advocate here and there or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's just my whole thing. Um, part of me thinks that, and at the same time, part of me thinks that Rory and Maul were kind of being little bitches about it to a certain extent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's- What would you say? Yeah, yeah you're, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I agree- <laughs> There was no, there was no reason for, <laughs> there was no reason if, if so if the timeline the way they 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 if the timeline follows the way they said it right Maul oh, excuse me Joe said to Maul when he asked what's the situation with Rory or whatever oh about the podcast he said it's none of your business oh that's that's fucked up but Joe but Joe that's, also that's said horrible. it was horrible right that's but Joe also said. After he had texted Rory the stupid shit that he had texted him about, yo, you should take some days off, whatever, don't come in, whatever. And he reached out to Maul saying, yo, we need to talk. Let's chop it up. And Maul said, cool, I'm going to come through and never came through. Days went by. So the next time he saw Maul was at the was at the podcast and he was like, yo, I've been trying to get in touch with you or trying to link up with you the last couple of days of last week. And, you know, you said you would do it and you didn't show up. So I feel like in that scenario, Joe probably had every right to say, it's none of your business at this point. Because I tried to reach out to you and explain shit what was going on, but you didn't want to, you know what I'm saying? So they, they both made points. They both had respective yeah, Joe, arguments. Joe went on the that pod and said that he didn't owe them any more respect than anybody else. Yeah, and that's where he fucked up. That's so that's what crazy. Was crazy because of the way he handled it. He was it. talking crazy. He was, he was and I yeah. get that. It's male it's it's, it's like what Maul was saying. It's male pride. It's all that shit coming into to play whatever as opposed to just putting that shit aside saying, "Yo, we're boys." Yeah. Fuck all the money, the business, the percentage, whatever. Fuck all that shit. We're boys. You at least owe us the respect to come to us and being like, yo, here's the situation. Here's how I'm feeling about X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Let's have a fucking conversation. Yeah. Let's settle that. And then we can talk about the numbers. Yeah. And go from there. That's how I felt it should have been all handled. Yeah, and and then, I think that's what Maul was trying to say. And then Joe freaking out on Rory because Rory talked to Ian about it. Yeah. And it's just like, Joe, like you shouldn't be talking to Rory. The, the, let the lawyers talk. 
you know, or or let the managers talk or whoever. But you yelling at Rory, like you just stepped over your manager. You, yeah. you just you're not saying you did your manager's job because that wouldn't have been the job to do. But you know, you just you lost trust in the situation. All I know is Rory's a pretty intelligent guy, and I would take him to not misunderstand a balance sheet or a PL. And if there was an issue, typically those issues are like resolved. Joe double triples down, triple downs on there isn't a mistake. So, and the fact that like, okay, similarly to them, right? We're all in a, in a profit share uh, situation with our IP and our mm-hmm. podcast mm-hmm. and anything Mickey D's does, it gets broken down the same way percentage wise Mm -hmm. right and so i would think that if i got you a deal or if i got i'm sorry if i got the pot a deal if you got the pot a deal if you got the pot a deal like we would obviously i would show you all the paperwork i would think Mm -hmm. what if i said yo this pot this this uh brand wants to pay us uh four thousand dollars uh a month um and that's it you take my word on some homie shit. Yeah. But for me, on some like transparent, I'm not doing nothing. Here's the paperwork because it helps. Yeah. Right? Because it, it helps not have a question. Because, and I maybe here, let me paint this picture. Maybe this is, I'm trying to also still like help Joe's person out. What I can see as an issue is somebody comes in, they say, yo, um, Mickey, we want to pay you ten thousand dollars a month to represent our brand, but we want pre- we want uh, presence in Mag, um, we want presence in the Mickey D Show, we want presence in uh, whatever you do, right? We want personal, we want Mag Park, and we want this. So then, I'd be put in a position where it's like, how do I break that down? Yeah, because yeah. everyone is its own en- entity. So how do everybody you, yeah. is its own entity. Different values. Mag yeah. has a different cut. I would presume Mag Park's got the biggest brand. I would have the second biggest brand and then Mickey D show. But then who am I to say like, okay, out of that 10K, but they get placement. And I come at you guys and I'm like, oh yeah, out of the 10K, you guys get 500 bucks. Yeah. Like, I, like just, if just, that's to, the, if that's the just case, to make it spicy, like to to I think that would be disrespectful. But what I'm saying is if that's the case, I just need to see the breakdown. And if that if you're saying this is how it's broken down, right, there's some logic. I'm, yeah, if there's yeah, some yeah. logic to it, then I'm like, "All right, cool." See, I respect that. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm like, "All right, cool. I'm not yeah. mad at it." But then if you're like, "Nah, that's just what it is." I'm not gonna sh- like yeah. you you won't understand. Yeah. The fuck you mean I won't understand? <laughs> right. Yeah, I, right. I know how to read a, I know how to read a fucking <laughs> spreadsheet like yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, yeah. "Nah, just show me the fucking numbers and sh- Make it make sense. Because I'm just assuming, right, like the Cash App deal for them. Yeah. They do not only uh, the JBP, but they also do the whatever his other shit's called. The fucking. Pull up. The pull up. I was going to say the jump off. But <laughs> <laughs> the pull up. So the pull up. No jumper? The jumper. Yeah. So the pull up. That's funny, actually. Uh, <laughs> Mid range. So, so the pull up. I believe, if I'm, not, if I'm not misunderstanding, cash the cash app deal pays for the pull up and for the JBP. But I'm assuming the way the deal structured is that it's a deal with the J the Joe Budden network and not 
directly with each entity, right? Because it's less paper. It's less paperwork if you just do the deal with a JBN, and then he'll determine where that money goes. Yeah. But then he's also allowed to generate and create expenses on top of everything. And then there's podcasts uh, with him, um, like openly talking about adding expenses. And there's like a have you guys gotten into any of the conspiracy theories? Between no. nah, bro. No. There's like one where like they're saying that Joe Budden bought uh, Park's new house. And put it as an expense. Wow! On the for the pod, and then that's why there's all this money that didn't make it out. Again, conspiracy theory. Again, wow. but I mean, there's. I mean, I guess from the from the 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 naked eye or the you know looking from the outside in, that would kind of make sense. Parks is not really going against Joe. Joe's like Parks is like I got to make this money. I just made. I just bought a new fucking house. Like, but on that same token, Parks doesn't sound like he's defending Joe. One hundred percent, and he doesn't sound like he's like struggling to, to like he's he's just like you take Parks for what he is, just a regular dude, laid back, going with the flow. That's it. That's how I take Parks. He goes with the flow. He goes with logic, and he apparently thinks what um, Joe is doing. He probably doesn't agree with how he's handling it. But he wants he still wants to do the show, so he's gonna continue to roll with Joe and yeah. and do that. I don't know. That's an interesting theory. That's kind of uh, crazy. Everybody on the on the pod, Parks, and I say this with the utmost respect, is the most replaceable. If you line them up. And that's why he's playing his he's playing his cards right. Or or is he because he does all of the um audio stuff and, fam, and then he does fam. you know how much cheaper you could get that for? And and he does the audio stuff for the other shows. Again, now now is he getting a percentage more because he's physically on the show? He has a mic, so cool. We can take the mic away from his ass and just be like, "This is what we're gonna pay you. We could pay you a flat fee for doing all the post work." Yeah, and they're right? using his house. Like now, you have to go get a studio. I'm just trying to think of ways to just just keep parks involved to keep to, to, to defend parks. It's because you do the audio for us. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> it has nothing to do with that, but but to Maul's point, he says Parks was underpaid, and sure. and you got yeah. him working like a machine. So you're gonna find someone to replace that, where you have someone that was doing everything. Someone, someone to bounce off things with Joe. I can't trust and, Joe anyway. And uh, do audio with Joe. <laughs> but my, Biden, my thing, bro. if I'm Parks, if I'm Parks, maybe right, Biden too. If I'm Parks, oh, the way things are, and going. I see how the situation is handled, how the, how a situation was handled with Joe and some of my um, co-workers, right? And these co-workers are Joe's good friends. Yeah. He he was roommates with Maul. Nikki yeah. and I were roommates at one point. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, they built that. If I can see how he handles that, am I looking at this, to Mickey's point, like he's the one that is the most replaceable, how am I looking at that situation? Am I like, damn, do I want to continue doing this knowing that any day now I can probably be kicked out of the door even though this is my house, even though I'm doing all the audio, even though like you're saying like how, if I'm Parks, how am I looking at this situation right now? You know what I'm saying? How am I going to play my cards? I'm a little fucking nervous. I'm not going to lie. If I'm Parks, I'm fucking scared because he just, whatever his boys who had, and now granted, I'm not saying Parks doesn't, I don't know what the numbers are. I don't know if Parks is a percentage uh, right, you know, owner or whatever you want to call it, as 
as Mar- uh, Maul and Rory were. Yeah. So, it, again, regardless if I am or am I not, if they had issues getting the numbers, how do I know I'm getting what I'm supposed to be getting? Or, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Now, I get that I'm comfortable getting what I'm getting, but at some point, this I is This is where that. I disagree with you because Rory and Maul were so close to Joe. It's like, it's like our friendships. <clears throat> We've been friends for over 10 years, and there's still things that bug us about each other from 10 years ago that just pop up in our emotions. And, and because that popped up, it guides how we're going to act with each other every once in a while. It doesn't happen often, but every once in a while it happens. Parks doesn't have that relationship with Joe. Exactly. But Rory and Maul do. So if I'm Parks, I'm thinking this is bigger and goes longer and deeper than what I have with Joe. With Joe, it's always been engineer my stuff and we're, you know, we're friends, but, but, um, Rory, but, but Maul and Joe live together. So they got on each other's nerves and some of that stuck around. Thankfully, for the most part, it was a good, the good stuff that kept them so close up until recently. I think so. So that's why Parks says can for in regards to Maul, Parks can say, well, they have a whole different, they have a different dynamic to their relationship. Um, and they're always, that's why they're always at each other's throat. In regards to Rory, I think Rory grew up a fan of Joe and probably looked up to him and then became cool with him. And then because of Joe's decisions and devil, I mean, demons inside, um, Rory has been disappointed from Joe and has been let down. I've seen it happen with Fu, with people that work for Fu. And now they're just like, ah, whatever with that dude, because they're hurt because that dude, um, because of his decisions and who he really is, had broke their heart, but they still cool with him. Yeah. I think that's a different dynamic of their relationship than what Parks and Joe have. So those two situations are different than what Parks. And that's yeah. why that's why Parks is just like, yo, like I don't we're, our relationship isn't that intense. We get along, we keep it light. I think Parks is really good at keeping it light. Come over, I'll cook for you. We'll talk about the Bills or the Dolphins or whatever, and we'll keep it light with Rory and Maul. It's always like a challenging, like, you're not going to get this one up on me, Joe. Like, you're not going to do that to me. I'm going to I'm gonna trump you with this one. And then it's just that ongoing battle. Yeah, and that's the dynamic of the relationship. But And, and again, to your point, I think because if, if I'm parked and I'm looking at that, like you said, the dynamic of their relationship obviously is, is more... There's more of a bond there, right? Regardless yeah. of what the dynamic of the relationship, there's more of a bond there. So I'm looking at it as if he can't, with someone that he has a stronger bond with, if he can't set aside the emotional aspect of it and 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 handle what the business part of it, because at the end of the day, it, it was all about the numbers. Like, yo, we couldn't get the numbers, whatever. They dealt with Joe's personality. And vice versa, Joe dealt with their personality, regardless of what it is. Regardless if Joe was saying some foul shit to Rory about his relationship with his uh, fiance, or who knows if he they even together anymore. And I thought like that was on. There was some times where I felt like that's uncalled for. You like, you don't need to be bringing personal shit yeah. on the show like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if you can't set aside that and figure out, all right, yo, this is the business of it. Bring some logic to it, and then make us understand. Cool, I can deal with your personality, like you said. We got decades of shit that happened decades ago that it will pop up in our personality from time to time, but we know that's what it is, and we can go, all right, we can take a, a day or two away from each other, come back to it, revisit, have a conversation, and move forward, because we got money to go get. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. if I'm Parks, I'm looking at that like, damn, this nigga can't even handle that. They couldn't handle that shit. Now they fucking up the money. Like, I'm a little nervous. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying if I'm Parks, I'm a little I nervous. Get that. And I'm 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 walking on eggshells on how I'm moving forward with Joe because I don't know how Joe is going to create. One day he could wake up and be like, fuck Parks. Like, get him the fuck up out of here. Like, I don't want no more white dudes on my show. I think the common denominator. You know what I'm saying? Like he could, he could have that. He could have that yeah, moment. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I think the common denominator with all of them, and then I got nothing else to say after yeah. this. Is it seems I don't know anything, but it seems like at one point in his relationship with all of those guys, they've wanted to help. Um, Parks, um, being an engineer. Um, Maul being like the guy introducing and and cleaning up some messes. Mm-hmm. Rory with with music and then Ice and Ish and their whatever whatever they were doing. But it seems like you have this big lovable personality. Like the dude is charming as fuck, right? Joe, 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 yeah, he's charming. He knows how to pull from people. He knows how to get the most out of you to get you feeling good mm-hmm. and to get into bullshit with you and to fuck around with you. So he has that skill and that talent, but. If you're Maul or any of those guys, you see a broken dude. Yeah. And you see a lovable guy. Naturally, you want to help a lovable guy. And Joe continued to just hurt them. And I think it was just up. Time was up. Rory Maul, like, yo, I'm done with you. Like, we can be cool from a distance, but we can't do anything else outside of a light conversation. Yeah. Because I've washed my hands with you. Like, how much more? Like, how many more people are you going to bring? And and that's what happens with people like Joe. They continue to bring guys around them that I think they want to help them. They love because they're so lovable and they continue to do it, continue to do it until they're just completely hurt and broken from the dude. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope they're able to uh, resolve their issues on a on a friendship level. Fuck the, the pod, the, the pod. money and all that shit. Like if they don't do that, I hope that because they are... They are role models, regardless if they like it or yeah. not. They're people who look at them and they look at their like you know what I'm saying. Like we all just agree. Like we watch the show because of that, that their the dynamic yeah. of their their friendship. Um, so I hope they they're able to resolve all the issues on that aspect of it. So you know, it is what it is. I think it's just an interesting stat that where their contract I believe was coming up, and then there was something said like, "Oh, it's a publicity stunt." Ish and um, uh, ice are uh, cheaper. Cost the same as, or they're cheaper than the one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what all said. Which is crazy. So, and you notice Cash App hasn't been on any of the least recent episodes. They haven't a shout out Cash App. Joe hasn't. Is the logo on the YouTube? I I don't know. I don't watch it on YouTube. But typically, the last, I, but typically the, they shout it out at the beginning. The last ever uh, since Rory and Maul left. The last episode so, that I watched because it was I guess it was after. It was after Rory Maul had put out their response yeah. to the whole situation, and then Joe said something afterwards, which 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 I only watched about maybe like an hour of it. It was basically just Joe taking responsibility and and um, acknowledging it. Yeah, I did see the Cash App logo. logo. Oh, they okay. didn't mention it. Yeah, yeah. I don't recall them mentioning. I could be. I could have been missing it or whatever. Uh, but I did see. I do remember seeing the logo. See, fumbling the bag. It's crazy that Cash App is paying just as much, if not a little bit more, than whatever their deal with Spotify, Spotify was. Right. That was because I was always curious. I still don't know. We still don't know what the Spotify deal was, right? But <laughs> still, it's Rory Ball. Ta-da! All right, moving on. Um, 
Globalization. Yeah, um, shout out to we um, Justin Nice. He gave us a great set. And then after him was Night Train, Night Train, Young Train showing his versatility. Both sets were dope. Make sure you check those out on our Mixcloud. This week we have Omar XV, our guy. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the invite, right? TFTI. TFTI. Mm-hmm. And he's saying when he's going to start that party again? Nope. All right. Well, he throws an awesome party called TFTI. He'll give us an invite. Hey. Um, and uh, yeah, so he's up this week. Shout out to, um, excuse me, not to cut you off, but um, DJ Andre905. Yeah. He um, he definitely hit me up because we recently did oh, mixes. Oh, we did the Momentum mix. Yeah, we did the mixes out there in Toronto's, uh, what is it, 105.5 The Vibe, Something right? Like Something yeah, like that. Excuse me if if I'm- and Shout uh, out to Gio. Yeah, partner. shout out to those guys. Andre, whatever. my fault, man. I owe you a reply. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, I oh, mean, yeah, yo, it's, it, yo, talk, trust me. I don't know if he showed, he showed you the details. It's, 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 I wasn't mentally prepared to write back at that moment. Oh, it's quick. 20-minute mix. Like, okay. it, yeah, yeah, I was able to knock it out quick. Um, But shout out to him because he he hit me up and he was like, yo, as soon as the borders are open, I'm booking the three of you guys to come oh, out yeah. to Toronto. So, Oh, shit. I got my out. mix on the way. Yeah, right? Oh, man, right? right? Like, you know what? Let me He's check like, that link. I thought it was in the cloud. Yeah. So um, I told him, hell yeah, to you know, we read it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but um, yeah. You should have heard me last night. So I was like, hey, how are you a mix, huh? <laughs> and, he, and he goes, oh, let me check the calendar. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. I said, I said the calendar t- uh, says that you do owe me a mix. Yeah. But then I was like, I have the playlist in my inbox. <laughs> yeah, We're all well, busy. Oh, the playlist. Oh, you would have done it without the playlist. Yeah, yeah. I'd do it anyway. <laughs> um. Yeah, oh, and then we won't, because we're doing, we're recording every other week, after um, Omar is DJ Polar. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, be on the lookout for his mix as yes, well. Yes, Week after. And that is it for us. Last yeah, bit of, sorry, yep. real quick. Uh, hat I'm wearing, Kill the Hype, Mag Park. By the time you guys hear this, uh, I have would have dropped 36 of them tonight for my birthday. Um oh, Going, going, uh, we ain't talk about Mickey's birthday. No, and oh, I kept telling man. myself, mix it in there. I should have wrote it down. No, 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 it's okay. We're gonna do a but, special pod. We're we gonna talk about it when we come back. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing to talk about. 36. So <laughs> I'm dropping 36 okay. hats tonight. You guys won't have seen it, but please go check out, um, please text 81,000 and that's how you're gonna be able to buy some of our exclusive hats. Um, the Kith drinks in there. Huh? The Kif uh, collab is in that one? The KTH? Yeah. This one? This one. Uh, yeah, that's the one we're dropping tonight. Oh, that's the Kith one. Like, what's that Kith? It's Kill the Hype. But it's oh, KTH LA. it's KTH. That's what it is. Because yeah. I keep seeing KTH. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I automatically I can see how somebody was saying And I was like, oh, shit. He got a collab with Kith. I thought I heard other people call it Kith, too. That's why I just... Yeah, it's KTH LA. That's what Rory calls it, Kill the Hype. No, Kith is Kith. Yeah, Rory was probably K-I-T-H. talking about gotcha. two different brands. Yeah. Yeah. Take out the I. K-T-H, gotcha. K-T-H and then L-A. Kill the high. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. I saw, I, when I thought it was Kith, I was like, oh, shit. That's what I said. I said, I'm, oh, I'm shit, copying that. <laughs> I was like, okay. What else are you getting from that? I'd argue Kill the High is bigger than Kith, but, you okay. know, I'm sure. we, could, we could say that. But, um, but yeah, we'll drop that. But just, you know, future releases, keep an eye out. Uh, it's something exciting that we're working with. Dope. So. Uh, be on the line tonight. I think I'll get one. I don't have any traditional LA anything. I don't have a Dodger jersey. I don't wear anything that's Dodger yeah. blue. You and your fan. mom. I'm actually, like the biggest fan. Your one mom came and checked me because the logo is upside down. Oh, and she goes, Sorry. Hey, 
What's up with the hat? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> she she came out. I was like, oh, it's uh, it, no, it's respectful. Yeah. On behalf of the company, Mrs. Hample, I want to apologize. First off, second, oh, this, this is what the kids are doing. Now. Just <laughs> roll with it. This Trust me. The kids are doing. Trust me. Yeah, because in her day, if you hung the American flag upside down, it they was hung like you rebellious. upside down. Yeah, you're right. being rebellious. You're, All right. I think right. that's still a bad still thing. A thing. Yeah, I yeah. think that's still a thing. I think it's more of like a yeah. But the L A upside down or the the logo is upside down. It's like a it's a fashion yeah thing statement. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, all right, yeah. yeah. All right, we're out of here. Episode Bruce. ninety in the bag. Yes, Peace. sir.